0: Introducing your hosts, with wit beyond measure, Michael, loyal and just, Haley, ambitious and cunning, Shelby, daring and chivalrous, Savannah. Welcome to Hold My Butter Beer, a podcast about all things Wizarding World canon.
1: Welcome everyone to tonight's episode we are talking about potions as usual Michael did our notes with an enormous contribution from Shelby so I'm so excited to see what they pulled from all of the arcane bits of canon.
2: So potion making has been part of not just the wizarding world but the like the real world for a long 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 time. Um, Basically people and especially women using uh plants and the natural world to help and heal people has been part of society for thousands and thousands of years and so it's really natural that potions would make its way into the wizarding world because it's like it, you know it's part of our world so like potion mixing itself is the art of mixing mundane and magical ingredients to create new elixirs and there's just like that ancient association with witchcraft like there's uh, all those paintings of like cersei and other people mixing potions and it's been part of legends it's pretty much always um like using plants and animal parts and water and alcohol and all kinds of other stuff to heal the sick as well as create poisons and all also cause other problems we've got the scene in Macbeth with the witches like stirring the cauldron which actually made its way into the uh, the prisoner of Azkaban movie with the double double toil and trouble song and um, all of the words in the like the the potion ingredients in that song um, like the eye of Newton all of that stuff like those are all real I guess real old words for um potion ingredients so it's not like literal eye of newt um all of them are kind of code names which i'm loving because basically like the healing people again mostly women but there were men involved too um came up with like code words for all of the ingredients that they used and the stuff they were making basically just for aesthetics basically just so people will think like wow they're super witchy and they have all these like i have newton all of these like crazy potion ingredients when really they were just regular things
1: so in case anyone was wondering i was today years old when i found that out so (laughs) I thought that they actually were like dissecting newts for their eyeballs for all of this. But uh, Shelby and Michael changed my uh, understanding immensely today.
3: <laughs> it sounds like super good marketing because it's like, if I yes. were, yeah, if I was sick and I need to be healed, like, I don't want to trust some, some guys just using water and and like a r- and random root. Like, I want yeah. some real magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That's so true, Haley. I didn't think of it like that, that it's like ultimately just incredible marketing on their part to be like, oh, we have all these wild ingredients, bat wings and whatever, toad saliva, that you can't get at a store or an apothecary.
0: Yeah, for the uninitiated, it's like, you know, here they are coming in with this this magical concoction. and And sometimes it's like, it's kind of almost like disgusting or like sinister, like the whole idea of like an eye of newt like you can't come up with that uh with that potion yourself like you're gonna have to rely on somebody who's like more skilled than you because they have to go around like gathering all these ingredients and it makes it seem like it's something hard that you know that that you can't do from home when in reality you probably could if you just had uh like an herbalist teach you um like what all the code names are uh so, so how we talk about um, how we talk about eye of newt? That's a code word or like a folk name for mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found that out like a couple weeks ago, and I've been just tickled ever since. That's so good.
1: I mean, I'm so disappointed, and also I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: disappointed why
1: because i really believed that they actually like dissected newts for their eyeballs and this was like a whole thing and it's just mustard seeds so they're just like <laughs> they really bamboozled us
0: it's
2: a lot more yeah. vegan friendly
0: it is yeah it seems <laughs> true. like it. Um, true tongue of dog is another one that kind of like made me go "Ooh, no like that's gross but that's uh like the hound's tongue plant Apparently, the the leaves from it, I think.
2: Wow. And so I love this because it's kind of like a half placebo where, like, I have new, being mustard seed, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm not like a a naturalist or anything, but I'm pretty sure, like, mustard does have, like, anti inflammatory stuff. Like, I know you can use yellow mustard on burns to to help ease the uh the the pain from the burn so it's like mustard seed probably really does have like the 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 effects the medicinal effects that you'd want but calling it eye of new and you give that to some like regular person off the street Um, It's like, whoa, this is like witchy. This is powerful. This has really good stuff. And so it kind of has that placebo effect where it's like you think it works more than it actually does. And so that placebo kind of comes in and actually does make it work more because the mind can actually do
0: that. Right. It's funny that you mentioned the placebo effect because uh, something that I was reading earlier basically explained that oftentimes when folks would go to like a local healer or a or herbalist that they would get some sort of a potion to like fix their ailments. And oftentimes there would be like a spell or like actionable component to it to kind of like reinforce that effect. And I was reading that basically everyone has understood throughout history that the actionable part, the spell was completely a placebo and like On occasion, you would get something like Adder's Fork, which is a fern that is like supposed to have like healing properties like attributed to it. So sometimes the things might work and some parts of it are just totally, I guess, wishful thinking. (laughs) I love this.
2: we we mentioned I have newt which is mustard seed we've got toe of frog which is buttercup so just buttercups that are growing in your yard probably that's toe of frog wool of bat is holly leaves tongue of dog like we've said is houndstooth adder's fork is adder's tongue um which is a plant not again not a snake's tongue um and then uh in that song blind worm is also mentioned and blind worm um is an actual real thing it's a tiny snake um that's supposed to be venomous so that's the only one that's an actual creature that's in the uh the macbeth song with the witches that got adapted for prisoner of azkaban so i i love that i love that it made it into the movie just because it's just has that association with witchcraft but then also real world stuff which i think we've talked about on the podcast before like that's why harry potter feels so much fun because it's so close to the real world that it's not like so far out there that you can't understand it agreed
0: yeah, it's um, it almost comes full circle when you have the Macbeth lines in the Frog Choir song and everything, because that's set in the 11th century, and that's when most like herbalists and health workers were women. But like two centuries later, basically they started in Great Britain. I mean, sorry, in Britain, two centuries later they started to like regulate medical practices. And then once that happened, women were basically barred from formal training. So the ones that were still practicing had to do it in secret. And that's also like around the time that folks started screaming about like witchcraft. So basically any woman that was found practicing medicine like without a license because no women could get a license to practice medicine. Um, they were labeled as witches so it's just it's neat it really like you said it it grounds it
1: it's very yeah, fascinating though that's
0: fascinating
1: yeah it's really fascinating and I, I bet you that that also like plays into carrying down of all the names like this
3: <gasps> what if that was Wendelin the weird what if she was a medicine woman
1: <gasps> I love this fantasy
0: <laughs> oh and that's how <laughs> Wendelin would get caught Oh That's why she no. I'm
2: I'm just a regular person. I'm not a I I'm not a medicine woman. I am. <laughs> <laughs> don't burn me, please,
0: please don't
3: burn me. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, these are these are just my personal plants.
0: <laughs> these are my personal newt eyes.
2: <laughs> so Shelby, I love that you bring that up because that reminds me when we went to the um the history of magic exhibit in New York City when that was touring there. Mm-hmm. And it talked about like the, like the history of of potion making and the history of herbalism and medicine. And um, they mentioned Culpepper. Pepper. And so, um, Haley actually got me a copy of Culpepper's Pepper's book for my uh, for my birthday last year, and I'm loving it. But so, Cole Pepper is complete herbal and English physician. Is this super interesting book uh, and it has got a really good history connected to it that I want to share because I love it. So we we just talked about how like over time, like it was like, like witches and wise women and healers who were doing all the medicine for everybody. And they were figuring it out and they were doing their thing. And um, then we've got the Inquisition and we got the Reformation and then everything switched to no, it's only men of science who are allowed to do this. And we have to regulate everything and have it all be the scientific method, blah, 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 boring stuff. So Culpepper <laughs> <laughs> um, who was a man, uh, he learned a lot about like all the like the, the natural plants and everything. And so he wrote a book about all the medicinal properties of plants and it's so fun to read because it's all like talks about like this plant is under this star sign and all of this stuff it's, it's really really interesting and it's got really beautiful illustrations in a different plants and so he, him publishing this book like defied the rules of the like the medical community because it gave the average person knowledge of the medicinal properties of these plants so that they could go out into like their the country roads basically and pick some stuff and actually create decent medicine for themselves and then he got accused of witchcraft (laughs) by the medical community because they were like no this guy can't do this he can't like no they they need to come to us they need to come to the doctors to get our pills that we're creating to, to do it this way when really it's like people are probably able to heal themselves if they have the knowledge to do it. So uh, I I, I love all of this connection stuff to this, this real world application.
1: I love that the only way to to get somebody to stop doing something was to label them a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, we don't like that. He's giving people our information. So he's now a witch and we have to burn him at the stake.
3: (laughs) I mean, what a way to go.
1: I mean, if you're going to go, that's the only way to go. I would I would like to make it known that if I need to be taken out for whatever reason, I'd like to be labeled a witch and everyone to remember me as such. But, like, I don't know. It's just really fascinating to me that it's just like, no, no, no. He's not allowed to do that anymore. Now he's a witch. Yours will say
3: piss poor witch,
1: though. Yes, it will. Absolutely. Clearly, <laughs> if I was murdered for, uh, you know, witchcraft from medicine.
3: <laughs> she was she tried her best. She but... tried so hard. <laughs> she was she was an okay one. <laughs>
2: So in the Harry Potter books, we've got uh, really a lot goes into potion making. Um, You need the proper ingredients. You need to time it correctly. Like you have to do a certain number of stirs clockwise, counterclockwise. Um, Some of them have to be aged. um, Some of them have to be brought up or down to correct temperatures. And then the order of adding ingredients and how much of the ingredients, it all plays a role. So who thinks they would be good at potion making?
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: You do. Yeah, Michael would. I would not be good at potion making, not because of anything other than the wand movements. And my only reason for saying so is so I'm I'm a recipe follower. So I would love this. Except I played that one of whatever video game was out that was like doing the potions. Was that um Hogwarts Mystery? Is that which one? Was that was just? in
2: Pottermore. That was like the old original oh, Pottermore. Oh website. yeah, original
1: Pottermore. I failed completely, but the most recent one I think was Hogwarts Mystery, and I bombed that too because <laughs> I like don't have the wand motions down. It's like it's too many things. I think I can do the recipe or the wand motions or the aging. I cannot do all of those. That's
3: asking a lot. Um, I wouldn't be good. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I don't like to follow recipes. I like to spice it up, <laughs> <laughs> and my potions would be too spicy. <laughs> a Haley spicy, spicy, potion. <laughs> <laughs> spicy potions. She gets a tea patrol. <laughs> no, I think you would come up with your own Haley spicy potions. <laughs> Haley spicy potions. I would be that. I would be that witch. Yeah, but I think Michael only brought up this this question just so he could talk about how good he thinks he would be at potions. <laughs> It's literally something he talks about a lot and too, too much than any one person should ever talk about. Go off, Michael. Tell
1: us why.
2: So Haley, with your Haley spicy potions company that you're going to found (laughs) and and create LDLTD you, I think that you could only create like one bottle at a time because the way you cook, it's kind of like, I throw this in and I throw that in and I'll use up the rest of this bottle and boom, you have dinner. (laughs) And so you'd yeah. be like, oh, the the effects of this one are great. And then I don't you could never replicate it again. I would never like, know what it is. What did I do?
0: <laughs> so it would be the most
1: exclusive potions of all time. It's one and done. One you and could never thing. have the same one.
3: Oh my yeah. gosh, it's like like the Gucci of potions. Like yes. it's hot, hot couture potions. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> this is how I live life. Yeah. Haley's Couture Spicy Potions.
1: This is my new favorite thing.
3: I, like, hate preparing stuff. I talked about this, like, today with Michael. Like, Michael has to prepare. I, like, just, it's, like, it's just my way of living is just, like, on the fly. Even for work. Like, I'll, like, do something for work and, like, I hate to plan for it. Like, and it's, like, I just want to, like, live on the fly. And so, like, I feel like that's how potions would be for me. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like it's like not something you can just kind of like la di da and like be good at. You would just have to, you would actually have to measure it out and like do it right and be like, oh, so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. Do you feel that? I, I do. Know. I do. Can like, it it's, weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird because, like,
1: again, I'm for sure a recipe follower, but I think that I would get very overwhelmed by potions because it's so many things to keep track of.
0: Yeah,
3: it's like, ugh, it's like so boring. Yeah, I think I would be bored. I think that's what it is. I think potions I would find boring. I, I like would it'd...
2: absolutely love it. I would just love it.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, tell us, go off, Michael, about how <laughs> much we love it's, potions.
2: It's, it's a science and an art. It's, it's 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 you have instructions that you need to follow, but you also get to maybe add a little bit of interpretation. I mean, Snape did all of that with the advanced potion textbook. Like, he did all that experimentation. Yeah,
3: he was spicy. He made some spicy food. Yeah, I he love. really spiced yeah. it up.
2: <laughs> and uh, and apparently he improved the, the recipes from, like, you know, the standard textbook that everybody uses. So that's not necessarily a bang that you would want to be a little more creative.
1: But like you said, it is an art form. And I think that that's where you're either really good at it or not. Like, it's not... I think that it's a skill you either have and then you can improve on. Cause like Hermione had a really hard time with potions. Like she managed and she was fine, but like, because she's Hermione, but I think that it, it does have that certain sense of like finesse that you just have to have naturally. And so I don't know I'd I'd like to I'd love to think that I would crush it at potions but the likelihood of me being really annoyed and like not impressed with it and just being like great this is something (laughs) I'm not good at never doing it again so like let me get through school and then I'm never doing this ever again
2: Yeah, you know, we see Hermione really struggle with that sixth uh, sixth year potion class with Slughorn whenever it's just something you have to follow the recipe and memorize a recipe and do it exactly as the instructions tell you. And she's like, no, follow the book. Don't follow the prince's instructions. Follow exactly what he oh, says. And she I struggles lived, with that. I
1: literally. Like, that well, would be like, me.
2: Absolutely. Oh, I would absolutely I know. be Hermione in that moment. Like, no, the book says it this uh, way.
3: <laughs> I loved when she got told off by, the, by Harry, just like, doing. <laughs> the wrong potions that's one of my favorite things in Half-Blood Prince I don't know even as a teenager I was reading like ha, suck it Hermione <laughs> 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 I don't think I don't know I don't know why I have such feelings about potions but I do <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel like I feel like you would get the prince's book, Haley, and that's why. Because you'd be like, great, look at this weird spicy recipe. I'm down for this. Like that would be the end of it, you know?
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. She was so mad. I don't know. I just found that really funny. Because
0: it was very funny. She was
3: <laughs> mad. What about Shelby? What about you?
0: I don't know. I'm kinda on the fence. Cause it's one of those things that I will never know because unfortunately I can't go to the magic school and take the potion class. So I'm assuming that it's, like, somewhere in between, like, a science lab and making risotto. And I know that I've historically wanted to be good at both, and I'm not. So I'm going to vote probably no. I don't think that I have what it takes Mm. (laughs) to be good at (laughs) potions. So
2: uh, Savannah, you mentioned the wand work earlier. And so it has been confirmed that muggles cannot brew potions. Like, um, I think we've asked the question before, maybe not on this show, but in our own conversations. Um, So if like a muggle found a cauldron, a potions textbook and a collection of potions, would they be able to follow the instructions and brew the potion? And it's been confirmed through Pottermore that no, and there actually are wand motions that are part of the potion brewing process. Is this retconning do you think with Pottermore because it is like it's never once mentioned in the entire Harry Potter series ever that wand motions is like even Snape in his introductory speech is like there will be no foolish wand waving so what do we think about that
0: that feels like bullshit to me because what about (laughs) people who don't use wands like what about wandless magic there's got to be some other like actionable component that goes into it right or no
3: I guess even if you do wandless magic, you're still using magic to, like, stir it or do all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, sure. It might be retconning, but I, I kind of buy it. I don't think that it's retconning.
1: I think that when Snape said there's no, there will no, be no foolish wand waving, he means, like, you're not doing anything else in this class but potions. Like, I didn't take it as, like, you won't be using your wand at all. Mm. But that's just me. I don't know if that's, you know
3: like so no messing old, around.
2: Yeah. So on the old Pottermore kind of video game that you would play on the Pottermore website where you could brew potions, the final step of every potion was like you wave your wand and you would pick up your like with your mouse, you would pick up your Pottermore wand and you basically shoot a pulse of lightning <laughs> into the cauldron. <laughs> To kind of finalize it, and then it would it be done, and so it's like, is that can we use Pottermore as the establishment of canon to say like that's how you finish every single potion? You <laughs> wave your not. wand Absolutely and shoot not. a bolt of lightning into it.
1: <laughs>
3: no, yeah, that's very exactly scientific. How it
2: went in that game.
3: There was potions in like Half Blood Prince, the video game, and stuff like that.
2: You never used your wand though, I don't think.
3: Yeah, you, well, you had to stir it.
2: Use like I'm a spoon. Assuming-
3: um i don't know about that
2: is it you would stir it with your wand like your wand wouldn't go into you stir
3: with magic yeah exactly Haley's correct
1: like you're you're (laughs) stirring it you're stirring the spoon with your wand like you're not holding a spoon
3: thank you savannah it's magical it's not just a a spoon because it is because it's magic because it's harry (laughs) potter
1: i'm with Haley on that one (laughs)
3: and if it's not magic then it's not real
1: (laughs) I feel like there is not necessarily a wand movement for every potion ever but I do feel that for some more advanced potions you do have to wave your wand in a certain way and yada yada yada
0: piggybacking off of that something that I made note of is the babbling beverage that's mentioned in Order of the Phoenix people have suggested that like The way that you make that is that you have to like top it off or finish it off with, with like casting a babbling curse, like Hmm. on or into the potion. See
3: that I buy, I buy all of that because that makes, I don't know, it just feels more magic-y to me.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that with potions that have like effects like that, like they're kind of like curses in a bottle, that it totally makes sense that you would kind of curse the liquid and then it would be like an enchanted item, like a snitch or like it has the magic imbued into the liquid. It's like a different way of, of holding a spell. But I'm thinking about like, so the cure for boils, what kind of spell would you cast on that? Or is it just you like use your wand to in? I don't know. It's, it seems weird.
1: Well, I think cures are a totally different beast because if you're getting boils either from a curse or from another potion, it's like, or just like a, I, I guess, no, because you would, could get boils from like a hex, you know, not necessarily from a potion. I don't know. I feel like everything, every single avenue is different. Yeah. Like each potion is so, yeah. so, so different.
3: There might be some potions that are like very minimal. Magicky, but I still like I know that potions exist like in in the like in the world people make potions people make healing potions so it's like I just like the idea of like having like a spell or a charm or like a, a wand movement I think it just feels more magicy, and that just might be just like a feeling thing and not accurate but I don't know
1: but like, I, I agree with that because that's part of why I think I wouldn't be good at it. Because I think yeah. that there are a lot of elements that go into potion making. And I think that not only is it a tremendous like skill and an art form you have to be updated on it constantly. Like kind of like how Haley always says about updating ingredients with things in the library and that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. think that potions have to be updated constantly and right. it's just like, there's, it's ever evolving and different ingredients are happening and people are finding better ways to do things. So I think it's, it's a, a living kind of being as far as different like magic forms are.
3: Yeah. And I like the idea of like science and magic, like working together yeah. Like it makes me think of like what wizards would be doing right now like during COVID-19 like what type of healing potions or charms or whatever like all that sort of stuff. So like yeah, I like the idea of like there's there's new there's new diseases, there's new things that happen in the world and like they're constantly updating it like science scientists.
0: Do we know when that entry was made explaining that you have to use a wand when making potions and that muggles like can't do it
2: uh that article was posted on august 10th 2015
0: wow okay mm-hmm. so that was like in the pre cursed child release stages that that was added
2: so yeah, this is from the like this was mentioned in the potions article that was on Pottermore, which was published on August tenth, twenty fifteen. Um it's often asked whether a muggle could create a magic potion given a potions book and the right ingredients. The answer unfortunately is no. There was always some element of one word necessary to make a potion, merely adding dead flies and acidel to a pot hanging over a fire will give you nothing but a nasty smelling, not to mention poisonous soup.
1: Yum. I mean tasty. Interesting.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: So potions is taught at Hogwarts. It's also confirmed to be taught at Ilvermorny. I believe that's Mina Lee McCannon. with um, what we've seen from the newspapers at the beginning of the Fantastic Beasts movies that uh, Ilvermorny won a potions award. And so it is taught at Ilvermorny and it's also taught at other schools. Um, At Hogwarts, it's taught in the dungeons. So do we think there's any reason for that other than for aesthetics?
3: Purely aesthetics. I'm sure because Snape's been teaching for like a thousand years, like that's just... Where he's his office is because he's super Slytherin because he's Cause a vampire.
2: The Slughorn, like when Slughorn taught, it was also in the dungeons. I That's wonder true. if it just
1: always was in the dungeons. Like mm. it just happened mm. to be there and they just kept it
3: there. Slughorn's also the head of Slytherin House too, so same. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's because
1: they're both like they were in Slytherin, like they were head of Slytherin, so it's just close to where they were.
0: Do you guys think that? the teachers move the classrooms around year to year like that happens in like american public schools or do you think that most classrooms are pretty much always fixed astronomy like you'd have to have an astronomy class taught obviously you can't have that in the basement but other classes i would assume could be like switched and swapped around
3: i definitely do because they have empty classrooms like in hogwarts like they talk about harry went into an empty classroom so that makes me believe that there's like the teachers have like a preference of where they want to teach. I mean, they have to live at the school. I hope they get a preference of where they're going to teach at because I-, I hope they get some like some authority. Some in, like perks. Where... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some perks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they live there. So, yeah, I, I would think so. It might that depend
2: was... on what the lesson plan is about that day. Like, are we going to be having a practical lesson? Maybe we need a larger classroom or is this one more lecture style where we want desks? Um, maybe that has something to do with it, too.
1: I also wonder, like, is that the case, Michael? Or do they just change the size and shape of the room? Like, because I know that Hogwarts can do that kind of stuff, too. So, like, do they just yeah. magic away the desks and you, you're in the same room? I, yeah, I don't know. probably. I
2: That's what we saw in Crimes of Grindelwald with the um, Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom that Dumbledore was giving a practical lesson on dueling and right. all the desks were pushed out of the way.
1: Very interesting.
2: So why does Hogwarts even have dungeons? Like, why would you have dungeons at a school?
0: Because <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, why pretty not? aesthetic. For yeah. aesthetics, basically. That's Imagine like- having a castle without a dungeon.
3: Because Slytherin was super creepy. And so he was like, I'm going to have my common room in the creepiest spot in town. And then you put it in the dungeons. Ding ding dang. That's what I was going to say. I think that Slytherin was like, we got to have some
1: dungeons. Every castle has a dungeon. And then got a little too comfortable down there.
2: Potions is a mandatory course for first through fifth year. And then you take your OWL. um, And then you have to get very high OWL scores to get into the NEWT level course, which is much more demanding. Um, And we never saw like the seventh year version of that. um, Because obviously Harry Potter is too much of a cool kid to go back to school so we never saw that happen stay Um, in school
1: kids stay in school
2: (laughs) don't ride dragons (laughs) stay in school (laughs) and then the head of the department is called the Potions Master and I'm wondering why not like you don't call Flitwick the Charms Master or the Transfiguration why does Potions Master get a special title
1: because it's hard I hate it
2: (laughs) Which brings up more questions about kind of how the the, the Hogwarts staff is organized. Because in McGonagall's uh, bio on Pottermore, it talks about um, that she started in the Transfiguration Department. And that um, Professor Sinistra, and this is like in first level canon in the books, was head of the uh, um, Astronomy Department. And so that makes me think, like, are there multiple professors per area? Like maybe teaching different levels or different classes. There what? has
1: to be like, we know that Harry went to school when like his generation was born during the war. So there's less kids, yada, 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 whatever mumbo jumbo they want to tell us. So there at one time in the past and in the future, there was more kids there. And I can't imagine that only professor McGonagall teaches every grade of students every kind of transfiguration. Like, she doesn't have time. She's so tired. Like, let her take a nap.
2: (laughs) She's been there for like 300 years. Yeah.
3: She literally is so tired. She's so old. Like, how old is she? We will never know. (laughs) so So, I can't I I have to
1: say yes like there's more than one like there's more than one teacher
2: so we've got like the head of the department gets the title potions master and then maybe there are we don't hear about them in Harry's year but maybe in other periods of time um, perhaps there are like um, assistant instructors or assistant professors associate professors who um, also teach that subject to different classes
0: or I adjunct get up. professors who
2: adjunct, just teach,
0: okay. yeah, teach like via Flu Network. <laughs> via
2: Zoom.
3: I
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just going to get a little bit literary. I think the, the reason behind giving Snape the Potions Master title was to like show that he was a dominating and an impressive figure. Like when we read the books to like get that. Impression that he is someone to be feared because he is the master. So I think that was just so like a literary. An- I know that's not as fun yeah. to analyze it that way, but
0: <laughs> no, like, so it was like is. an important
3: device and to separate him from the rest of the the professors. He had an important title to like make him feel more important. Well, yeah, to Slarkorn the reader, too. to the reader, yeah, yeah. Slurcorn
1: too, because Slurcorn also feels very important, like you know, but like personally, he feels important
0: to himself. He is he's surrounded by important people. Yeah. He surrounds himself, I mean.
3: He is important. He loves crystallized pineapple, which what a king. <laughs> 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 I just love his style. He turns into armchairs. <laughs> Maybe that's also
1: why I don't like potions because they're also pompous. Like they make it seem like the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you does. not
0: like slughorn?
1: No, I love slughorn, but he's like oh, okay. he's very full of himself he's he's I love Slughorn the way that I love Lockhart except Slughorn's not like vindictive I'd like to believe Slughorn's not as vindictive as Lockhart is but he's still <laughs> like kind of sucks you know what I mean
0: yeah
3: <laughs> oh yeah Slughorn's amazing to me though I so is long been. heart oh god but yeah they're bad people but they yeah like fabulous. exactly exactly <laughs> they're, like they, they're bad but
1: they're fab they're like such punks you know yeah they're such
3: punks
1: punks <laughs> and <Ooh>. snobs <laughs> yeah
2: so so let's talk about all the known potion masters now that we're on that so we've got we've got um professor swoopstick who for, yes exactly professor swoopstick <laughs> And we know what about year him was Professor Snoop Snoop Snicks
3: SMOOPS, <laughs> um, <it's> worth <laughs> her heart Snoop is she I love her
2: we know him because of the Forbidden Journey queue. Oh my
3: where gosh, he, yes.
2: He is Keep a moving cut. portrait.
3: <laughs> oh, yes. we love it.
2: And so he introduces himself as Professor Swoopstick and that he is a uh, former potions master. And so he is one of the moving portraits in the hallways of the Forbidden Journey queue in Wizarding World. And apparently he was an expert in magical insects uh and that is self proclaimed to himself and so um he a master. he is a, a apparently a former uh, a potions master so
1: can i ask Hoc- a question about that
2: <laughs> there might not be much to say but sure
1: so If you're a potions master, right, why when you are no longer teaching, are you no longer a potions master? Did you forget all the things that you knew when you were a teacher? Like, (laughs) why don't why are you former? (laughs) Why don't you still get to be a potions master?
2: I guess that would be the difference between like your own. Yeah, a title and your own proficiency. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just thinking when y'all, y- y'all were talking about it, um, that I'm, I'm guessing that like potions master could also carry additional responsibilities because like snape brewed that potion Whoa. for lupin.
1: That's such a good point. I didn't and think
2: about that. Madam Pomfrey didn't do that. Um, it was, it was, mm. was,
1: yeah, he was in charge of like the healing potions in the school. That makes way more sense than I didn't. Yeah. Think
2: so it might mm. not just be like the teaching
3: requirement. It
2: could also be like, well, we need a lot of potions. Like there are po- like, so he might be like having like an assembly line down the in the dungeon.
3: most proficient.
1: Yeah. Or Madam
2: yeah. Pomfrey. Um, like we got
1: a lot of punk ass kids that need a lot of help because they do crazy mm. stuff. Right. That and, makes sense.
2: So they might, yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, we have Professor Swoopstick. um, Then there's (laughs) Professor (laughs) Bach.
3: Love her. Uh,
2: then we had professor bartholomew um this is a hogwarts mystery canon so fifth level canon ah. um, was an old potions master i think i don't play hogwarts mystery anymore so i think he he was in a portrait or something so according to fifth level canon he was a potions master
1: if you're one of the um, six people playing uh hogwarts <laughs> mystery still please let us know where uh, Scoopstick's friend uh who's who's he poo here is from <laughs>
0: And now, a word about our sponsors.
3: We have a new sponsor for the show, and it's ROR Apparel. Room of Requirement Apparel creates unique t-shirt and tank top designs inspired by the Wizarding World. We've said several times on the show that if you're not looking up at the signs when you're in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you're missing half the fun. And ROR has looked up, down, and all around for inspiration for their shirt designs. One of my personal favorites has got to be the Society for the Reformation of Hag shirt, but they also have Celestina Warbeck, Blitian's Fire Whiskey, Magical Monash, and even knitted beer bag designs in their shop. There's also house Quidditch shirts that you can rep your house wherever you go. Listeners to Hold My Butterbeer can get a 10% off their purchase by going to RORapparel.com and using code WIZARDTAILOR10 at checkout. That's W-I-Z-A-R-D-T-A-I-L-O-R, one word, and the number 10 at checkout for 10% off today. We thank RR Pale for their support of the show. If you would like to be a sponsor of Hold My Butterbeer and have your business featured on the show, please check out the sponsors link at holdmybutterbeer.com for more information.
0: Now, back to the show.
3: And then we've got,
2: we've got Snape.
3: Womp womp. The
2: Ooh. worst the teacher. Who's <laughs> Literally
3: <person>. the worst.
2: <laughs> um, and I'm sorry to the Snape apologist out there. I was going to say, like, sorry like, to any of our, like,
1: our listeners that yeah. think that they like him. You don't. I'm sorry to
2: tell you. but. And so, of course, we all know that Alan Rickman is an absolute treasure and will be treasured for all time and forever. But Snape in the books was an absolute monster. And yeah. I, still, I have given him. <laughs> the I don't things he's forgive. Done. He's dead to me.
3: What he did to Trevor the Toad is unforgivable.
2: Can we talk about that for a second? Because it's, it's always bothered it me. It sticks
3: out. Yes. They it did out. The, yeah.
2: they taught the shrinking solution. Shrinking <laughs> solution. Shrinking to make things smaller. They fed it to Trevor. The Toad. A frog. The Toad. We the love Toad. Toads here. Fed the elixir to Trevor. Who then turned into a tadpole. That doesn't make sense. That's it not how
1: it works. But it is that was that was that to prove that they did the potion wrong?
2: Yeah, because Snape was all mad because it worked the way it was supposed to, and then he did, yeah. a, and then he did the um the cure to it, and he I think turned back into a frog, right?
3: Yeah, because Hermione helped him. Sorry, Hermione, about being mean to you earlier. But Hermione helped. Neville, like, whispering in his ear because Snape was bullying Neville, the poor, innocent child, and Hermione helped him so he wouldn't harm his toad because it would have poisoned the toad and, like... I mean, I guess Snape had an anecdote to... (sighs) For the toad, but, but still, like why the solution? emotional, like trauma for for Trevor and uh, Neville?
2: And the shrinking solution should have turned him into just a small toad, not Is a that tadpole. That's what I'm mad about. about.
3: You're caught about the logic. I'm caught, <laughs> I'm caught, about, caught like, about the, the semantic trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't remember
2: <laughs> any of this, but I'm upset about it. If it was a younger potion, then then yes, <laughs> that makes sense. But no, it, should it, Trevor should have shrank. Into a tiny, tiny frog. Okay, that part—that
3: part's so n- does not bother me. But g- yeah, logically, yes. ethically, it's wrong. <laughs> this is what I, I up see at see night thinking toad. about. I'd love to see a tiny. He was a tiny toad. <laughs> we missed out on this opportunity. <laughs> Give me tiny toads, please.
2: So That's after Snape, uh, Snape who died heroically and all of that, um, we have Slughorn.
3: Yes, we love.
2: I, I enjoyed Slughorn a lot. I mean, I honestly I think I would have enjoyed his class. He is, you know, pompous and full of himself and all of that stuff. But I think he was still a good teacher based on what we saw. Way better than Snape in my opinion. He's a
1: good teacher. But my thing is homeboy played favorites like nobody's <laughs> business, which I'm into. I like I can appreciate that. But I think that at Wizard School it's a little it's, much. It is a lot. Yeah. I, like, mm.
3: I absolutely would not have been in the love Club. Like I wouldn't would, but it would hurt my feelings, but I would think
0: that was really cool.
3: <laughs> I don't think I would ever probably, be invited.
0: I think you would. I would you're be. You're talented, um, and
3: you're cute, and you're smart. you like, spicy. Your spicy. Your spicy potions. Oh, that's have gotten true. Lit. I do have spicy potions. That would be the key. That would be my secret. <laughs>
2: your way in
3: my one and only spicy portions.
2: that's how jenny got in she had her spicy spells so you can make it
3: okay thanks y'all i love the support in this podcast for y'all to believe that i would make this
0: <laughs> shelby what were you gonna say <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say I'd probably adopt a completely fake personality and like learn (laughs) some ridiculous tricks if it meant getting in the fancy cool kids club. I don't care. That's
2: that's such a Slytherin strategy. I love it. (laughs)
0: That is very Slytherin. I'd learn to juggle if it meant joining the slug club. (laughs) (laughs) What would y'all do to, to earn
3: your way into the slug club?
1: Oh, I would I would probably pick a strategy not totally dissimilar to Shelby's, but I would pick somebody that was deaf getting into the Slug Club and be like oh great, you're going to take me to all the events cool.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad we're
0: friends (laughs) Slug Club plus one (laughs) See, Savannah you say that, but I also feel like if you were an instructor I think that you're a better person than Slughorn I don't think he's a terrible person he's, you know, he's grey I love a good grey character but Mm -hmm. like, I feel like a similarity between you guys because you both collect people and I oh, like, say that yes. in the least kidnappy, traffic <laughs> way. You also collect teeth. <laughs> no, you no, you're 100 percent you right. Yeah, interesting people. And like every time I talk to you, you're like so and so. You know the magician. I'm like, wait, yes. you have like a magician friend? And you're like so and so. Like this job, that job. Like you just you collect so many that interesting is so people. True. You're kind of like a slughorn. Honestly,
1: that's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's true, though. And I think that that's the way that I would go about this as well, is, like, I would find whoever I know he would want to collect, as, like, creepy as that sounds. I don't mean that in a creepy way. But, like, and just align myself with someone that I figured would be in his, like, crew. And I'd be like, great, can I be, like, plus one to at least two things? Like, that's really all I want this year. (laughs) Like, I'll do your homework for one other thing
3: what i really think would happen would be like you would be in hogwarts and see the slug club you're like oh the slug club Psh, i could do one much better you could do slug club Version <laughs> 2.0 <0." laughs> and then that'd be the real party
2: so wrong. So wrong. That goes back to our new year's party conversation we had like where do we have it do we have it in the room of requirement or the chamber of secrets
3: yes. <laughs> yeah exactly we'd be yes. down in the chamber of secrets <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. yeah that's actually also true I'd be like oh you're just having like weird dinner parties but I have to be good at potions I'll have weird dinner parties and you don't have to be good at
3: anything <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that party would be posse. awesome
2: yeah. snail posse <laughs> yeah.
3: just rip it off <laughs> and Michael would get in because he'd just be smart womp womp next <laughs> so basically Haley, you would also get in because you would
1: be his plus one to everything oh
3: true 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 yes. yeah you wouldn't
1: have
2: to do anything
3: Oh good. I got out of it. That's the way I want to live. I just want to be at the party. I don't want to have to do any work for it. Yeah. <laughs> you you crushed it. Okay. I won. I won this. But then I'd go to the after party at Savannah's and I'd be like, well, here's the real party. At the snail posse
2: party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> snail posse. Uh the last potion mist ma- master I have to mention is um uh, in researching for today's episode, um, I found mention of an unnamed potions professor in Cursed Child. Um, Savannah and Shelby, do you remember seeing a potions lesson at any point in Curse Child? No, not even a
0: yeah. little bit. Don't remember it at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <was laughs> yes. Savannah was probably distracted by the people <laughs> with like 18 bags of snacks in the room oh directly God. in front of us. <laughs> and
1: hats that were like bigger than anything and that we were
2: trying to look around. Yeah. So Shelby, what do you remember
1: about big you?
0: hats and Family size bags of the snacks. Potions <laughs> the potions. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hats are large and the snacks are crunchy. No, there's a there's a great there's a great promotional photo of it. Honestly, of Albus and Scorpius where they have their heads like over a cauldron. It might be in the trailers. That's uh, the real. Why she remembers. <sighs> No, for real. I remember it because I remember thinking, oh, here it comes. There's like a like a magic trick that's associated with it, you know, where they do like the onstage magic and everything. Oh, actually, um, now that you say that, I do recall that. Yes. Yeah. So like the cauldron blows up kind of like in their faces. It's yes. like a big plume of smoke, puff of smoke, whatever it is. I, I it's like I don't even think there's dialogue. Is there dialogue there? Don't there remember. Might, there might be like there might be a little bit of it. But it's mostly part of the what do they call that? Where where they like a montage where they go through something quickly to signify like oh yeah like day to day life at Hogwarts like here we are in this class and oh here's a cauldron exploding and oh here's a chance for like the students to bully you know Albus again. It's it's like yeah, a it very like, like a fleeting t- thing.
2: Okay, so do you remember like like a professor like one of the cast members being a professor in that scene in any way?
0: Mm, no definitely
2: not maybe the wiki got it wrong um but apparently there's like an unnamed potions professor in Curse child so the next part about talking about potions another thing i like about potions is there's so much stuff involved i love the stuff growing up and everything i would totally go to thrift stores and find old glass bottles to be like potion bottles and i have plastic cauldrons i have metal cauldrons i love like the equipment that would come Um, so I thought it'd be nice to talk about the equipment. So first we have to start with cauldrons because those are the most essential piece. So cauldrons are the preferred method of like a vessel for brewing potions. And apparently, according to the Pottermore article, it needs to be made over an open flame. And so like you couldn't make it on top of your stove or on top of your kitchen range or something. It has to be an open flame. Um, I think we see in the movie that it's, there's like kind of a Bunsen burner hookup underneath some of the cauldrons at least they're in the um in the movie but i my head canon is that it's kind of like talking about the wand work and things and why a wand would be necessary oh yeah yeah maybe this is clicking in my head just now in this moment maybe the open flame has to be a magically conjured flame love this and that's what makes it magical like it's like like incendio to cast the fire it's not like matches or flint and steel and all that stuff but it's a it's it's brewed over a magical fire
3: like how salamanders can't be under like a regular fire has to be right, magical right
2: right yes what? It's all coming together. Yeah, salamanders are born from magical fires that are left unattended. Not like real salamanders, but like the fantastic okay. salamanders.
3: Like, <laughs> <shall> <laughs> <we> <laughs> like, Sorry, that, that does not. sound crazy when it doesn't make when it's on context.
2: Ashwinders. Ashwinders in Ash Harry context. Do. Okay. That, not, no,
3: so. I'm thinking of salamanders. Like Hagrid no, has salamanders.
2: He had ashwinders. Uh, salamanders, those that's like the the like real fantasy.
0: I just googled it. Um, right? the Harry Potter wiki, there's a fire dwelling salamander. Thank you, Shelby. That's what oh, i was thinking
2: okay. of. I was thinking Ashley. Well,
0: Selby almost fought you. <laughs> no, I wasn't ready to fight. I was thinking like, what the fuck have I learned in school for years? <laughs> like, I've held salamanders. Well, they, I was thinking I of, of
2: pagan mythology. About I
3: you. was thinking, we were all on like, okay, <laughs> that is my fault because I didn't, I didn't offer a page to be on. I just went with what was my head at the moment. So I I'm sorry.
1: This. No, I'm this is great.
3: We all went to, all of our brains went to totally different things. That was pretty amazing. (laughs) Love
1: this so much.
3: (laughs) Anywho.
2: So maybe it's a magical fire. That makes sense. Um, So we've got cauldrons. So cauldrons um, apparently come in sizes because on the Hogwarts school list, it's a pewter size two. So that's like the standard for Hogwarts students. So that makes you think like, okay, well, if there's a size two, then there must be sizes one through whatever else.
1: So we also need to bring up Harry's really deep love for gold um, because him <laughs> wanting the gold cauldron needs to be brought up every Clean. moment that I can. <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. We've got pewter cauldrons. We've got copper, brass, gold. And um, apparently, according to the Fantastic Beasts textbook, even fire crab shells, uh, which are oh. very, very bejeweled and very dazzling and pretty, um, have been they're highly desirable for cauldrons.
3: Once you know that gold cauldrons exist, why like why even learn about anything else? You- exactly.
1: I would want a bedazzled cauldron though. Yeah, that's that's pretty fire amazing. crab one. I mean, whatever kind of bedazzled they got, like I'll take it.
2: Have you seen the fire crab shell that's in the um, Hagrid's oh, Magical yeah, Creature it's motorbike Adventure? Oh, so
1: cool. The one no, that's up on the I haven't board. been on that yet. I it's, haven't yeah. been since it
2: opens. It's worth Googling, like, fire crab shell. Because it's mm. go- the prop that they created for that is gorgeous. And it's all just crystals growing out of this, like, toy so shell. So
3: cool. It's beautiful.
2: So,
1: so, that, so I would like that, yes. You would, you would like that. Yeah, you would. <laughs>
2: and it'd make a very cool cauldron. And um, apparently, according to the Cauldron article on Pottermore, uh, cauldrons are all enchanted to make them lighter to carry.
1: as i wish everything in my life would be amen
2: yeah because according to the books you would think like the cauldrons sound massive um it's like like a huge 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 cooking pot rather than what we see in the movie which is kind of like a standard sized pot maybe this is just my interpretation of them but they they were always really big when i was reading the books
3: well i saw the movies first so i always envision it to be like in the movies I also wonder, like, this is entirely
1: off topic, but I wonder how much, like, after I was at Hogwarts for however many years, how much stuff I would shrink down to fit in <laughs> all my trunks. Like, with, we're recording this on the 30th of <laughs> August, so um, Back to Hogwarts Day is very fresh in my mind, and I'm constantly thinking about how I would pack to go back to school. Um, yeah. because that's the most important and like I think that I would either shrink down all my stuff or make my trunk like extendable extended charm whatever because I need so many things like I have to bring a lot of things
2: wasn't that also confirmed on Pottermore that that like Hogwarts trunks have a slight undetectable extension charm on them and a lightning charm I've I never be-
1: I don't recall that but I'm okay. it's fully canon now
3: <laughs> okay. it has to be yeah
2: <laughs> because like harry carries his nimbus 2000 wherever he goes like how would a like full-sized broomstick fit in like one of those little trunks oh, that's true does he put it
1: in his trunk
2: and the book he does
1: oh, okay
3: it would have to it would have to be an extension charm and a lighting charm because like <laughs> like 12 like what are the how are they gonna carry all that yeah <laughs> Yeah, he definitely
1: didn't magic himself some muscles. So, like, yeah, yeah. we know they they don't have PE at Hogwarts. We so yeah, talked exactly. about this already.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be unethical to do that to Hedwig, even though it would be adorable. But it'd be like the whole nev- the whole Toad, toad situation hole. again. Yeah, <laughs> <That whole> thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be cute to see a tiny owl, but
2: <laughs> another thing about like the different types of cauldrons, I always imagine them as cast iron, like like black, like like a like a metal iron cauldron and pewter when you look it up it's 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 mostly tin and so it's a very silvery light color and so just in my mind i don't know if anybody else either here or our listeners Mm -hmm. like i just see it as like you know the black metal witches cauldron that you associate Mm -hmm. with halloween and everything else i really don't imagine like a silvery tin color
3: i've never thought about that but yeah you're right yeah i've never thought about it either i just like
1: had it in my head one way but i also Mm -hmm. know that like with harry's fondness for gold cauldrons that ultimately (laughs) it could be anything that you want which i'm very into and choose your own adventure kind of situation
2: percy works for the international department of magical cooperation and drones on and on about the standardization of cauldron bottom thickness
3: (laughs) (laughs) i mean if there's anything to fight for like that is
2: (laughs) And he complains about potion uh, cauldrons leaking, uh, like uh, forming holes in the bottom and leaking potion everywhere. And so apparently, this is a matter of international debate
3: okay. uh,
2: the standardization of cauldron bottom thickness. Good old Percy
3: i mean i guess if you were to like that it does sound like an environmental factor sure. if it's like infecting the environment to have like these linking potions i don't know
2: so maybe it's he's doing really important Maybe work. he's doing maybe Potential. it's important
3: work at least he thinks so but he was also like avoiding a lot of more important things
0: so he's he doing a, so. <laughs> a lot of work so god he's so health and safety to a t it's crazy <laughs>
2: We also hear about self stirring cauldrons, and um, oh. that was developed by Gaspard Shingleton, who is a uh, famous wizard card. Oh. We've got um, collapsible cauldrons, and then we also have cheese cauldrons.
3: <gasps> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Y'all
0: both lit up. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a cheese cauldron with Haley's spicy potions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yummy! Serving
3: oh, God. that. Oh yes. Oh with a breadstick
0: instead of a wand.
3: <gasps> Ooh, marinara. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yum. <laughs> Is I your spicy it? potion marinara? <laughs> it now is. <laughs> it can.
2: So apparently um, Humphrey Belcher is the uh, designer of the cheese cauldron and Dumbledore commented that it was... Uh, folly it, it is basically saying that um this guy thought that it was a good time to invent a cheese cauldron as a comparison to this is a terrible idea and you should not do this so
1: he was, well, wrong. He was wrong yeah
3: <laughs> f you dude <laughs> Don't do that all of my life
1: he was incorrect <laughs> <laughs>
3: so we hate him okay next yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, we our cauldrons also come up a lot in the wizarding world so they're a very common symbol so we've got one the leaky cauldron classic we have cauldron cakes and chocolate cauldrons and mm. then um we have two celestina songs about cauldrons yes. which um you stole mm. my cauldron but you can't have my heart and then a cauldron full of hot strong love classics and then I, I just found this little tidbit interesting because of the, the levels of canon and everything. So Potage's Cauldron Shop is the cauldron shop in Diagon Alley. And so in the books, it's never actually called Pottage's Cauldron Shop. It's just called Cauldron Shop. Like there was a shop that sold cauldrons and they were on all, all different sizes. And so it was never actually named in the books. The first time it was named was in the Game Boy Advanced. <laughs> Philosopher's Stone video game. Love it. We love a GBA canon. So that would be fifth level canon. And it was called Pottage's Cauldron Shop. It was then also called Pottage's Cauldron Shop in a Chamber of Secrets DVD wow. extra, which was a tour of Diagon Alley. And when Hogsmeade was created for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Pottages cauldron shop was in Hogsmeade. Then when they opened Diagon Alley, they moved potages over there and renamed the cauldron shop Seardwin's Cauldrons.
3: Don't like it. No, we don't know we don't know them. No. We don't know her. Yeah, no. <laughs> no.
0: We so, want we want pottages. <laughs> we only shop at
3: potages <laughs> <laughs> Pottages are both. We're very 20. loyal. <laughs>
0: so
2: potages has jumped. All over canon and I'm living for it because I'm <laughs> guessing it's either the Game Boy Advance people called it pottages or it, so that's fifth level canon or it's fourth level canon because the the Harry Potter filmmakers slash Lima slash the set designer slash somebody called it pottages or it's third level canon because... The author said that that's what it was called. Like somebody asked her and said that it was potages. And so it made it into this media, even though it never made it into the books. So I find it fascinating. I love
3: it. That's amazing. On this sign at, at Wizarding Worlds, it says potages says best quality, and I believe it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not Searedwins. We don't know her.
0: We don't, we don't know, know, her. We don't know uh-uh. about their quality. We only did more potages. I hear the bottoms of their cauldrons leak. <laughs>
3: Yeah, they're not, they're not regulation over there. Not reliable at all. Don't trust
2: them. And so some of the other items that we hear used being, uh, are being used in potion making. um, We've got crystal files. So the glass or crystal files are on the uh, Hogwarts school list for first years. So it's a holding potions, uh, potion ingredients. Potion making kit. I don't actually. I don't think that that is on the list. However, it does come up. Um, it comes up quite a bit in the video games. Um, you have to like have a potion making kit or purchase it or refill it or something. And I think at one point Harry goes to Diagon Alley to refill his potion making kit with basic ingredients. I always imagine it looking like those old medicine bags, like those old leather medicine bags that like like a like a doctor
1: oh, I love that door
2: yeah. doctor would have. You know that opens up and it like.
1: Oh, I love those. Side.
2: That's how. How I imagine it in my head. Mortar and pestles are also used. Um, a knife is used um, to cut up ingredients, and then like um, brass weights and scales to uh, measure out weights of different ingredients so i love all the stuff I, I like stuff I, I think that's fun
1: yeah i like a lot of accessories for things so i can get into potion making because like i can have my bedazzled cauldron gotta have my files like you know i can get into that
3: i would see i would lose everything oh that would be another thing i would struggle with at potions like i would be such a Neville because like i'd forget my ingredients you'd have to like new ingredients every day like how stressful Ugh, <laughs> sounds terrible i would hate that class
2: because there is the store cupboard that you could go and get. Yeah, but stuff. you,
3: but Harry had to buy a potion ingredients, so he had to have some. Mm-hmm. And they, and there's probably homework to be like bring this, and I'd be like, left it in my dormitory. Let me go, let me go to the uh, kitchens again and pick them up, and then I'd have to go run in the kitchens, get like talk to the house elves, get a butter beer, and then I'd be like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be in class. It would be a whole day. <laughs>
1: Yeah I also I also think that I would get down with potions because I could have my own separate bag for all of this stuff like <laughs> hey, like you had a whole separate bag for I need it department. like Yeah yeah
3: That's true that is true and then my bag would be super messy because I just throw everything in there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at least at least I have it together. You're right.
2: When it comes to uh, potion ingredients, there it seems to be the, the, there's a mix of the magical as well as the mundane. I mean, daisy roots and caterpillars are potion ingredients as well as like unicorn horns and dragon parts. So um, there's definitely a mix of of the magical as well as stuff. Like uh, when I heard daisy roots, I went out into the yard and pulled up a daisy and cut off the roots. And it's like I have a potion ingredient like that was 10 year old me with my thrift store glass bottles like I had a daisy root in a glass bottle that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard I didn't have caterpillars because living things and that's creepy but uh, I mean I guess daisies are living things but anyway I did have that daisy root. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: literally so wholesome
2: <laughs> Shelby, did you want to talk about your ingredients? So I don't have like a lot of notes on the ingredients.
0: I didn't have like any to bring up specifically, but I just wanted to throw in that I personally find that like the potion ingredients to me are like equally as important as the potions themselves. Like everybody gets all excited over like, ooh, it's Felix Felicis, ooh, it's Polyjuice Potion, but like the ingredients to me are just as exciting. Because, like, say that you have, like, a fantasy character, and there's a problem, and they're given, like, a magic potion that fixes the thing. It's boring. Who cares? It's, like, it's too convenient, but by listing, like, all of the ingredients and, like, all the steps and spells that are involved, like, it helps, like, ground it, and then it feels less like, oh, like, here's your, like, magical fix for the story, and, like, it's, there's no, like, reward, there's no real payoff, so, I, right, right. And so, I love that there's like all of these, you know, real world things, like you said, like daisy root. And then there's also like magical things that don't actually exist, like dragon's blood.
1: So we, all I can hear when you said that was the movie about Julia Child where she's like if I add eggs and milk and flour like to a bowl I'll have chocolate chip cookies like that's how I always looked at potion making and like baking like when you think of all the ingredients and you can visualize the end goal it makes it like tangible but also you understand the work involved so that's a really good way to put it.
3: Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
2: And with baking like in the muggle world like they, the the chemistry happens from like the acid and the base and the heat and how much liquid and how much not liquid and all of that stuff. Like there's chemistry involved with all of that. And so with the potion ingredients, there's all of that plus the extra level of magic, either from <laughs> our head theory about like a magical flame or stirring it with magic or casting a spell over it somehow. Like there's another level of chemistry that comes in with that being the added ingredient. Oh, I love it.
0: Does anyone have, like, any specific potion ingredients that are, like, I don't know, that stands out to them as, like, a favorite or anything?
1: To piggyback off of what Michael was saying about having something out in the yard. So, growing up, um, my family had a snow cone business, which is bizarre. Oh, wow. um, very side, <laughs> Yeah, it was um, so fun. Very carny uh, growing up. But one of the flavors that we had was dragon's blood. And it was, oh, like, a yes. like berry, mixed berry kind of, like, thing. And so, anytime I read dragon's blood in the books, like, I associated it with, the the snow cone syrup which is very bizarre but that was always one that i liked because we had it in the house which is bizarre
3: oh my gosh that so reminds me of my childhood because i would always get a snow cone called tiger's blood we had that too (laughs) yeah (laughs) that one was more coconutty yeah we had that so good now i want a snow cone
0: So are all 12 uses of dragon's blood snow cones? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I should, yeah, they should be. The code. <laughs> it's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> one of 12. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> really funny.
2: I guess I'd have to go with Daisy Root just because of 10-year-old me going out and finding one in the yard. Because it's like this is real. I can have this. <laughs> I can't go get dragon's blood, but I can get a daisy root. So that's my favorite.
3: <laughs> Haley, what's yours? I'm stuck. I don't. I never really. Felt I don't connected. have one either. If, I never if, felt connected <laughs> to them like that. And I really appreciate your stories because that's really cool. <laughs> I like. I didn't have the feels for potions. I don't know.
0: Did you or do you have any particular favorite potion? If not an ingredient,
3: I would think my favorite potion um, would be. Want womp, womp polyjuice potion I know it's like the most overused one in Harry Potter but like how cool would that be to like turn into someone else and get like all the secrets and like <laughs> no, I womp, know, womp. Like, that's so good I love it yeah like I would want to be a metamorphogist if I was a wizard I think that would be really cool so that's I've always mystique was always like my favorite comic book character like I just think that whole idea of like turning into someone else is really cool so apologies p- potion I love that that's a good pick.
0: I've always considered that to be like the most scientific of all of the potions that are in Harry Potter. Like specifically because like you have to have like a little bit. Like you have to have like a sample of the person itself that you're turning into.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like
0: just it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that like you have to have a DNA donor. And there's something that's <laughs> yeah. like in the actual like genetic code that melds into this crazy potion that then like allows your body cells to like completely reprogram to whatever their genetic code is like it just feels like the science-y potion of all of it and it's also like horrifying to me but (laughs) i i can see yeah it's a good one
3: no womp womp yeah well, I just said want want because it's like it's like so overdone and like Harry Potter stuff that you're just kind of like, can we not have Paula juice potion in this in this story, please? Like, use too much, but yeah, but it would be so cool to be able to like change into someone else's appearance like that, and it, it's creepy because you really like just taking a piece of their biology and like becoming them for like a sh- however long period of time. And, like, in the wrong hands, like, Barty Crouch Jr., it's, like, detrimental and, like, horrible. So the fact that it exists and you can just do it is kind of really scary. Yeah. I hope, I hope they have some regulations on it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope Percy's on that after the cauldron butt, but Mr. <laughs> health and
0: safety, safety himself. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, Newt just shoots some to get into the French Ministry of Magic. Like, oh, I just happen to have some Polyjuice potion here. And I know, I'm just gonna like, take it like, look like Theseus.
3: I was like, I literally rolled my eyes in that movie, I'm like, Polyjuice Potion again. <laughs> Can we not? Yeah,
2: Cursed Child, where they brew some Polyjuice Potion in five minutes, where are supposed to take a month, to like, oh. Uh- Okay, we can't we can't do this. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Our polyjuice potion rant. <laughs> God, why isn't polyjuice potion like illegal? Like it should be.
3: It's like I know. Like yeah, it how... should be like
0: love potion. It should be totally like.
3: It should be controlled. taboo. Yeah. I
1: feel like 2020. It's definitely taboo.
3: They've come around on polyjuice potion today. Yeah. I've I've decided. Cause there's like a weird consent thing with it too. Like Harry just and Harry, well I guess it was Hermione, just like and Harry, Ron, whoever it was, but like they all like took bits of like Crab and Goyle's like twelve year olds. Like can we talk about how creepy that is? <laughs> like, it's yeah, really, really, it's really weird. <laughs> it's like a weird consent thing that wasn't happening. <laughs> I mean, they were kids, whatever, like you. (laughs) I mean, I I, I don't know if they learned anything, but.
2: (laughs) So I'm glad I prepared because I looked up. A bunch of different potions i came across this one and i definitely think it's my favorite um which is dr alby's oblivious unction because not only is the name amazing with unction i love that word um <laughs> but that's the potion that madame pomfrey uses on ron for the brain tentacle scars that he gets and i just love the quote about it in the book because it, it says according to madame pomfrey thoughts could leave deeper scarring than almost anything else and so just I guess, as a therapist and as a human, that's totally true. And I love that there's a magical solution out there that like could potentially help with some of that, because it's absolutely true that thoughts can leave deeper scarring than anything else. I don't mean to be like too womp womp about this. No, but, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the concept of it. I love the name and that it's used on Ron from from the brain tentacle stuff that happens. So I would say that that one's my favorite.
0: Shall we yours? I feel really bad now. (laughs) (laughs) I was too serious. No, (laughs) no, no, I feel bad because both of mine are like fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: bring it, bring the mood back up from me being too serious.
0: All right. So I hate to say it and just, spoil those beautiful thoughts i was like really excited looking at potions and everything to be reminded of the angel's trumpet draft from the original trading card game i know it's so great all the illustrations uh we basically know like like virtually nothing about it other than that it presumably is made from angel's trumpet and uh which is a plant it's one of my favorite flowers there are these like huge trees or like shrubs or whatever with these floral blooms that are like big enough to like fit your face inside. Like they're tremendous. Yeah. They're so beautiful. Yeah so that card uh like deals damage to an opponent when you play the game or whatever and because of that um on its wiki page it reads that it's presumed to be poisonous and I thought that's crazy like it can't be poisonous like I've seen those all over gardens like I've stuck my face in them whatever I ended up googling it uh like a few hours ago and it said that uh and I quote, all parts of angel's trumpets are considered poisonous and contain three different alkaloids. Ingestion of the plants can cause disturbing hallucinations, paralysis, tachycardia, memory loss, and can even be fatal. Wow. What? Yeah. So I've got a picture of me shoving my face in one of them that I'll just have to show you guys. So that's great. I survived. You survived. (laughs) Wow. Here I am. Wow. Amazing. Shelby, Um,
1: that's wild. I didn't know that they were poisonous.
0: Yeah. You're not even supposed to like touch and handle them without gloves. So (laughs) there's that. Yeah. So that's probably my new favorite of like all the Harry Potter potions. But there's also the really ridiculous one that I've had on a list to talk about since we started this podcast. And that's armadillo bile mixture. (laughs) Um, That's just a minalima creation. It's just a stupid label. But like the main ingredient in it is amortensia. So, like they. In armadillo bile? In armadillo bile uh, mixture. Which is like a potion in itself. It has, hold on, I got the ingredients here. 125 fluid ounces of potion. There's 31 fluid ounces of amortensia in it. There's also wormwood, acromantula venom, aconite, bat wings, armadillo bile, obviously. And water. I mean, uh, clearly armadillo bile, what were we thinking? (laughs) You know, you know how I love the armadillo thing. So, yeah. So that's one. It's labeled as a corrosive substance. Let's see. And what else? It says also on the label that contact with skin should, uh, you should wash the affected tissue with unicorn hair immediately. How do you Love wash that. it with unicorn hair? I don't know, man. You gotta wet the <laughs> hair. I don't of- <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had answers for you. Ask Meena Lima. That should be your question for when you ask Meena Lima, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> so just two silly ones. And then
2: um, our next question was going to be. So uh, we've got amortentia. Which is a love potion, and apparently it is supposed to smell like the like the most enticing smells. Usually, it's three, but we don't have to list off three each. But what what do we think? Maybe some of our amortentious smells could
0: be. So it's yeah. like smells that attract you, or smells that make you happy, or it's smells that, that you love. That.
3: I think it just like lifts your mood and like gives you that lovey-dovey feeling.
1: I think mine would, at least two of mine would be the smell of a fire and then watermelon bubble gum. Oh, those are good.
3: Oh, those are really good. Mine's so similar. I definitely have campfire is definitely one of mine. And I think lavender, because it reminds me of like, like after yoga class, they'll give me like these lavender scented towels. And I'm like, ah, like real sweet relief. And then whatever Michael Burson smells like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, mine, uh, so Haley has this, um, perfume that smells amazing and it's not sold anymore. So we, ha- we have to use it sparingly, but whenever she uses it, it's, um, my favorite. Um, so that's definitely one. And then, um, <laughs> this is weird, but <laughs> the steak seasoning that we use, which <laughs> is just Worcestershire sauce and Tony's
3: Tony Checheries
2: Yeah. Um, those are the only two things that we use to season steaks with. And when Haley seasons steaks, <laughs> don't tell it all... them
3: my secret, Michael, <laughs> <laughs> it, my they won't be spicy recipe. anymore. <laughs> it's so good. Y'all that's the only way to season steaks. But anyways,
2: so she'll rub that in and like marinate it and everything. And then I'll make Haley, like, let me smell your hands because it smells <laughs> so good.
3: <laughs> it is as weird as it sounds. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, and then campfire also, I love the smell of campfire. Um, Um, I know. What is
3: that?
0: I love the smell of a campfire. Okay. I see your campfire and I raise you the smell of a birthday candle after it's just been blown out of a cake. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mine's probably that. The smell of, like, a good, like, stinky ocean, because that's, like, a very, like, happy thing for me. Or just, like, stinky well, you know, like, that ocean <laughs> yeah, smell. Yeah, yeah, like a very, like, sea breezy, yeah. 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 Oh, and you guys, okay, so, like, you guys have dogs. Savannah's dog is a skeleton dog, but it's still a dog. You know <laughs> that corn chippy paw smell?
2: Yes. Yeah, that. Very familiar with that.
1: I was waiting for your dog one, Shelby. I was like, we're not getting out of this without at least one. Have I told you about that? Yeah, for sure. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Like puppy breath and like puppy paws.
2: Yeah. Good. Oh, so sweet. So the last things I wanted to mention um, were a couple of famous potioners. And so, obviously, like we don't have time today to go through every potion, every ingredient, every potioner. The potion is a huge field with tons and tons of stuff added from all levels of canon, from the original books down to the video games. We got tons of stuff to talk about. So, we're not going to go through all of that. But um, there are some very interesting potioners with some interesting backgrounds. And so, um, the first one I wanted to mention would be Lenfrid of Stenchcomb. Who remembers good old Lenfrid?
1: Mm-mm. Not even a little.
2: Okay, so he was the patriarch of the Potter family.
1: Oh, what? So
2: yeah, so this is a uh, Pottermore article on the Potter family, and so apparently he is from the twelfth century and he was a very kind and goodly neighbor to his his fellow muggle villagers and he would brew potions to help them so he was basically like you know the village healer or the village medicine man or whatever so the the people would see him pottering around in his garden of funny plants and they would call him the potterer and that eventually turned into potter and so that is where the Potter surname came from.
1: I don't know if I'm just being a downer, but I hate that.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twelfth century. That's 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 apparently where it was from. Um, Potter
1: McPotterson.
2: Potter McPotterson.
1: <laughs> Wolfie McWolferson. Potion Wolfie McWolferson.
2: Potion make, Potion Maker. <laughs> yeah apparently of uh, several of his potions would eventually become Skelligro and the pepper Up potion oh. so they they were not branded as such in the 12th century but um he was apparently a very very talented potion maker his recipes would funnel down the centuries to eventually become those potions
1: that's amazing
3: it that is cool yeah.
2: so his eldest son harwin potter because you know he, they got the last name because of all the Pottering that went around. Harwin married Elothi Peveril, who was the granddaughter of Ignotus Peveril, and um, because she was um, the eldest child, she was the one who had the invisibility cloak, and so she was the one who brought it into the Potter family. Heck um, yes! And then they continued the tradition of passing the invisibility cloak down to the eldest child ever after.
1: Favorite, love that.
2: Yeah. So, so he was super rich. Apparently, like, um, um, lemfred he was super rich, and he passed his gold on to his his sons. And so, apparently, they're there, that's how the Potter fortune grew. I think it's also mentioned that um, Harry's grandparents were the ones who had the like the hair Slickies. potion, yeah, like Easy's mm. hair potion, and that's how yep. they got some money. So, um, lots of gold, all from potion making. So then, they're it's they're all of ironic. very
1: entrepreneurial potioneers
2: exactly so it's kind of ironic that I mean with Snape obviously was a huge piece of that but like Harry was so abysmal at potions and Lily was awesome at it like one of Slughorn's favorite students and my headcanon I don't know if we've discussed this on the show already but my headcanon is totally that the advanced potion making book my headcanon is that Lily had just as much to do with that book as Snape did oh when they were, I S- love that And they were still friends
3: I, I love that, that yeah Um, and he only added like the creepy creepy crawly spells
2: the (laughs) sectum sempera stuff i i definitely have a headcanon i've had it for a long time in that like the advanced potion making textbook was a collaboration well i mean i guess it you could kind of pick it apart Where maybe they didn't actually own a copy of advanced potion making until their new year which i think snape and lily had their fallout in their fifth year but still if lily had the ability with potions and Snape, both of them, they were basically like potions prodigies. Together, I, I have to believe that a piece of of all of those notes came directly from Lily. I believe that, even yeah, if that Snape was sense. the one that wrote them down. Um, so we've got that from the Potters. Um, we've got galapot Pot. Who created Gallopots? I assume he made one through at least three laws, which was about the um, the uh, the antidote has to be greater than the sum of the whole. I think we mentioned that on the spells up or on the uh, mailbag episode. Yes. Um, so Gallopot was a potioneer. We have um, Sakarisa Tugwood, who invented several beauty potions. She is uh, a famous witcher wizard card. Love them. <laughs> So one of my favorite tidbits of canon, of course, comes from the Daily Prophet newsletters, which I've mentioned several times on here. Um, Very difficult to get hold of the originals of those because they were actual physical paper um, newsletters that were sent out to the Harry Potter fan club in the UK in like 1998. I haven't ever seen an actual scan of those. So if anyone listening has those, send them our way. But um, apparently um, a person named Regulus Moonshine Invented a potion that reduced hag's desire for human flesh.
1: I like that his name is Moonshine. Let the hags live their life.
2: (laughs) He did lose several chunks of his own body in the clinical trials. So. (laughs) He got what he deserved. He got what his And also Regulus. You know, it's interesting that his name is yeah, yeah, Regulus. Yeah. Yeah. But that name would come up later in the books. We're still out there for the hags. They keep coming up. Phineas Bourne was the author of Most Potent Potions. I don't know if that was mentioned in the books. So I'm not sure what level of canon that is. I don't know um, if it was in the
1: books, but I do remember hearing Most Potent Potions.
2: Yeah, so most potent potions was um, where the uh, polyjuice potion recipe was that mm-hmm. Hermione had to get out of the restricted section. So that might be fourth level canon. Maybe they're pulling that name from um, the cover of the prop that was created for for that scene. Libacious Borage was a South American wizard who wrote advanced potion Heck making.
0: yes.
2: We love him because then he wrote, Have yourself a fiesta in a bottle.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, I remember that.
2: And then um, the last one I wanted to mention was Zagmut Bunge, who wrote Wonder Book of Potions.
0: Yay. A and
2: true hero. A true hero. And so um, the last thing I have in my notes is just about Wonder Book of Potions. So we've mentioned Wonder Book of Spells quite a few times on this show. Um, Wonder Book of Potions was the second game and the final game in the Wonder Book series because it didn't do very well. But this guy wrote this textbook and there's a whole lot to this game. I. I don't know if we need to discuss all of it maybe you should just go look it up if you're super curious but he wrote basically a potions textbook and you play through the game kind of going through the potions that he invented um which talks about the um, wizarding school potions championship which um, has hogwarts cultivar montecuro and wagadou and um there's a there's a big gold cauldron, a golden cauldron harry potter (laughs) would love that as the grand prize for winning that championship
1: also I can't understand why it, it was did so bad as a video game having to go to class for every single thing. Can't can't imagine why that wasn't super popular with the kids. It's really boring.
2: <laughs> it was a very tedious game as you can imagine because you like you had to make every potion and you did it all with the PlayStation 3 move controller. And so you had, like, when we talk about daisy roots and stuff, you actually had to move your hand up and down, like, 40 times to chop up all the potion ingredients with your knife. And I was like, this is so tedious. Like, <laughs> I don't want this. isn't a fun video game to play. If um, Michael Burson
3: is saying it wasn't fun, don't play this Why Well, I know.
2: <laughs> no, don't he buy it. He is their
3: it. target audience. <laughs> like, when they did marketing, it was hoping they would get him, so...
2: And they didn't because I was in undergrad and had no money to afford a PlayStation 3 or the thousands of components you had to buy to play this game. It was not fun. It was not a fun game. You you had to chop up all the potion ingredients. Like, you wander out this garden and you had to fight trolls with potions and blow up stuff. And if if you're truly curious, you can watch playthroughs of it on YouTube. Um, Kind people have... (laughs) done that where you can watch them play through the whole game please do not <laughs> go and buy this game it's not worth the third level of canon because the author did write the content for it but it's it's just not
1: worth it <laughs> the information's out there without you having to suffer
2: exactly but we we got to talk about wonder book of potions if we're having a potions episode so there you go
0: shelb any secret notes no secret notes i've got <laughs> everything out there
2: yay <laughs> Before we sign off, I want to remind everyone about some important updates for the show. First off, we now have merch. You can go to holdmybutterbeer.com and click on the shop tab to see all of our designs. We have our Butterbeer mug icon shirts in every house color, our Piss Poor Witch tombstone shirt and sweater, which I'm wearing right now and is very warm and comfortable, and our iconic Bin Juice shirt and bomber jackets. Be sure to tag us on social media wearing your merch and all proceeds go to supporting the show. Next, we are now on Anchor, and Anchor has two great features we want to share. First, you can go to anchor.fm slash hold my and click the support button to support the show. You can support for as little as 99 cents and we are so grateful for the support. Last, Anchor also has an amazing feature where you can leave us a message. Go to anchor.fm slash hold my to leave us a message about anything from your thoughts on the show to your favorite pieces of Harry Potter canon that you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. Your message might even get featured on the show. So check out Anchor anchor.fm slash today to find out more.
3: This has been your favorite podcast of all, all things Wizarding World Canon, Hold My Butterbeer. You can find us on Instagram at Hold My Pod and on Facebook at holdmybutterbeerpodcast. Also, please send us an email at holdmybutterbeerpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.